If you're able to, would you remain standing for the reading of the gospel? Our gospel text on this third Sunday after the Epiphany is found in Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee, leaving Nazareth, He went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said to the prophet Isaiah, the land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, He saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and the peop- and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Lord, teach us your truth from your word so that we might apply it in our hearts and minds and by the power of your Holy Spirit to live them in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Nearly a a dozen years ago, our family was hiking along a very popular trail in Colorado. Many people were going and coming on on the trail. We had reached our destination and were almost back to the parking lot when we uh, heard the news that a little five-year-old boy was lost. 
One minute he was seen dawdling along behind his parents. And the next minute, when his parents turned around, he simply was, was gone, vanished. I remember my initial thought was I ran to about the next half mile down to the parking lot to make sure nobody was carrying a little five-year-old boy and going to put them in a, in a vehicle and, and make a getaway with them. Uh, the story ended much more happily. But there was a lot of anxiety in the half hour that they repeatedly called his name only to be answered by silence. We joined in the search and looked under and over every little place where a, a little five-year-old boy might find interest in. I remember going down, there's a, oh, a little stream that crossed. Well, of course, a little five-year-old boy would love to go along that stream, and I followed it one way and followed it the other way. But there was nothing. There was no sign of him. He had seemingly disappeared without a trace. And so after, I think, nearly a half hour or more of frantic looking, he was found hiding in a hollow stump just a few feet off the trail. He had heard his parents' anxious calling, but he didn't respond. Can that be like us? In Hebrews chapter 3, it says several times, as the Spirit says, when you, today when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. <laughs> Our catechism answers the question, why is it dangerous not to pay attention to the call of the Holy Spirit and refuse to come to Jesus? It answers it in this way. It is dangerous to do this because I may become hardened that I no longer desire to come to Jesus nor care whether or not I have his salvation. It's dangerous not to heed the call of the Holy Spirit. The Catechism goes on to ask, how does the Holy Spirit call you? Answer, the Holy Spirit calls me to faith in Christ by the gospel and word and sacrament. How then do, I, do you listen to the call of the Holy Spirit? The answer, I listen to the call of the Holy Spirit by repenting and believing the gospel of Jesus. A disciple is one who has been called by the Holy Spirit through the gospel to repentance and faith in Jesus. And we hear that pattern, we hear that call in today's gospel text. In this season of Epiphany, the theme of the sermons is living as disciples of Jesus. And today we focus on the call of the disciple, the call of the disciple. And the first truth we discover from our text is that the call of the disciple is the call from darkness into light. From darkness into light. Look at verses uh, 12 and following. Incidentally, there is a, an outline on the back of your bulletin that might help as I refer to a number of scripture verses there and uh, to help that sink in, these main truths to sink in. 
So the call from darkness into light. Verse 12 says, When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, our Old Testament lesson today. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. I think it's significant that Jesus chose the darkest place in Israel, and we don't often think of Galilee that way, but ancient sources tell us that it was an area uh, filled, even though filled with many Jewish people, devout Jewish people, also with many who had pagan beliefs. Jesus began his ministry in what was considered the darkest place in Israel. He came to give light to people living in darkness, to those in the land of the shadow of death. Light is a prominent theme in this season of Epiphany. God shines the light of truth into our dark world and reveals himself. It's amazing how in darkness, when there is no light at all, you know, there's no colors, it's hard to distinguish. I've often uh, stubbed my toe trying to run to the bathroom in the middle of the night because there's no light. But you switch on the light and everything becomes clear. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 tells us, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. And remember, it evokes Genesis 1.1. God said, let there be light, and there was light. This same God who created light said, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. We're told that in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. God has qualified us. He has, he has allowed us by his well, we'll get to that. He has allowed us to um, have this inheritance in the kingdom of light, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so we're brought from darkness into light. Ephesians 5, verse 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, we have been called out of the darkness of sin and unbelief, out of the darkness of doubt or despair, and we've brought, been brought into the light of God's goodness, 
love, and truth. We are to then live as children of the light, reflecting the light of God's goodness, love, and truth into the darkness of this world, no longer participating in the deeds of darkness, but bringing the light of God's love and truth into that darkness. We are called out of darkness into light. And second, the call of the disciple is the call to repentance. We see that in verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. When God shines the light of the knowledge of his glory into our hearts, our proper response is repentance. As Matthew records it, repent is the first word of the gospel. The message Jesus proclaimed was, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's the first word of the gospel. Repent is also the first message of the Reformation. In the very first of Martin Luther's 95 theses, he wrote, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, and he quotes here directly from Matthew 4, 17, when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed that the entire life of the believer be one of repentance. We are to live a lifestyle, a disciple is called to a lifestyle of repentance, of turning away from our own selfishness and self-sufficiency and continually turning back to God who, who shines his light into our lives. The reason Jesus gave for repentance was that the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven is, in fact, God's rule, his reign. Jesus is announcing that God has come back in him to regain or to retake this, to take back this world, to establish his rule, his reign again on earth. We have you know, Satan had become, it's called the ruler of this age, that, that Satan is that usurper who uh, claims to rule this earth. But God has said no, or Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is now come near. And our proper response is, again, repentance. To turn away from sin and self-sufficiency and turn to God in faith. The kingdom of heaven is, in fact, wherever God rules with his power and grace. In one sense, the whole universe is God's kingdom in, in that all of creation is under God's control and authority. God rules in this sphere in omnipotent, with omnipotent power. But in Jesus Christ, the kingdom has come to us by grace. Luther wrote in the small catechism, the, the kingdom of God comes near to us when our heavenly Father gives us the Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his holy word and live a godly life here on earth and in heaven forever. 
Again, our catechism says the kingdom of God is the kingdom of grace in which God rules in the hearts and lives of believers and which one day will become the kingdom of glory in heaven where those who are saved are with Christ in perfect happiness forever. By the saving power of the gospel, this good news of Jesus, the good news of the kingdom, as the Holy Spirit calls us to repentance and faith in Jesus, we come under God's benevolent rule. We realize that he is no longer our judge, but our savior. And we become children of his kingdom. It is not our works that put us right in right standing with God and gives us entrance into his kingdom. It is all by grace. It is God's work from beginning to end. Our repentance isn't just that, uh-oh, I've gotten caught, or oh no, um, I, I, I need to escape, uh, to escape condemnation. Repentance is always a response to God's good news that he has loved us, has forgiven us by the costly death and suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of his resurrection, he woos us to himself in love. Repentance is always just turning away from our own self, but it's always turning to God. Well, third, our text teaches that the call of the disciple is the call to follow. And this, I suppose, is what we think mostly of when we think of being a disciple of Jesus. Verse 18 and following tell us, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Verse 25, skipping down to verse 25, it says, Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. The disciples followed Jesus to learn from him, to learn from his example as well as from his teachings. But we're also told that large crowds followed Jesus, and we are... uh, Told because they wanted what Jesus offered, the hope and healing and entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 16, verse 24 teaches that there is a cost to following Jesus. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It is a gospel call, uh, gospel call. Our salvation is free, but there is a cost. We are to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. Pastor and uh, evangelical theologian R.C. Sproul once commented on this passage saying, 
that 13 times in Matthew's gospel, we hear Jesus saying to people, follow me. And although the disciples were called to follow Jesus literally along the path, the call meant so much more than that. It meant placing themselves in submission to his authority and living in obedience to him as their master. It meant being like Uh, It meant being like yoked oxen in labor for his service. And even though we are not part of the original 12, every obligation that Jesus imposed on his disciples is imposed on us now. If you would be a disciple of Jesus, if you would follow him, you must submit to his authority. You must regard him as the master of your life, must be willing to follow him wherever he leads you, and must be willing to trust him with your life. End of quote. Now, to follow Jesus often means to follow in the way of suffering. And there are millions of Christians around the world who are suffering for their faith in Jesus. Uh, 1 Peter 2.21 tells us, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. So this is, in the scriptures, Jesus gave full disclosure. Okay, this is not going to be an easy way, but it is a good way. And now while following Jesus may involve suffering, it most certainly requires love. Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2 command us to follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So walk in the way of love as we follow our Savior. And finally, Uh, The call of the disciple is the call to proclaim. Verse 23 and 24 tell us, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And news about him spread throughout, uh, spread all over Syria, and the people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Now, we also have good news to proclaim. As Jesus modeled it for us, it is a proclamation both in our words and in our actions. Verse 23 teaches that Jesus proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and healed every disease and sickness among the people. Now, although we can't necessarily miraculously heal, although I often pray for healing and I I see God, uh, I have seen miraculous times when he has healed. Remember, it was practically surprised me in my first congregation and a woman in our congregation was... um, had been diagnosed, had, had, uh, was getting a lumpectomy and uh, had been diagnosed with breast cancer and, and uh, she 
I prayed with her the night before she was to go in for this surgery. surgery and before doing the surgery, they take another, um, uh, they take another uh, mammogram, or I think they, they often do uh, MRI just to pinpoint that. And the doctor, as, as they did that, and the doctor saw the results, the doctor became very upset. Well, obviously, the first mammogram was a mistake. There's no tumor here. And she said that she got um, uh, upset, you know, put through all of this. And, and suddenly she realized, oh, well, we prayed that God would take this tumor away. And I guess he did. And, uh, you know, we can be involved in healing, and God wants us to be involved in those healing ministries, whether miraculously like that or just being there beside the person who is ill and uh, look at Lois, who spent many years in healing ministry as, as a nurse, and maybe others here also. God calls us to be with people in their illness and, and pain. It says severe pain that they were in and, and uh, the demon possessed. And, you know, we need to be with people as Jesus was with people. We have good news to proclaim, and we do it both in word and in our actions. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 10, verse 27, that what I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim to the housetops. I like that passage because I take it to mean that what Jesus teaches us in our special times with him and our times alone with him, he expects us to share with others, to proclaim it from the rooftops. To make it public. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 14, that our task is not complete until the whole world hears the good news. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to the nations. And then the end will come. Jesus is still calling us He's still calling disciples to follow him. We cannot claim to be a believer in Jesus without also being a disciple. To believe and receive Jesus is to respond to the call of the Holy Spirit through the gospel. It is a call to come out of darkness and into his light. It is a call to repentance, to turn from our own self-centeredness and self-sufficiency to turn from our sin and turn to the Lord for his forgiveness, for his acceptance, for his strength daily to live our lives for him. It is a call to follow Jesus in obedience wherever he leads. And while that sounds like, you know, a command that kind of puts us under law, but it is following Jesus who daily gives us life. And it is a call that we are to proclaim, to proclaim this good news of the kingdom, this gospel, both in our words and in our actions. So Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And I'll tell you this, we know clearly from the, from the Gospels 
that their lives were never the same. As Jesus calls, will you follow? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gospel call, this good news that we are to follow Jesus who is our Savior and Lord. He has called us out of darkness into light. He has called us by his grace and goodness to live as children of light, to to live uh, and to walk in love. Oh, Lord, help us to follow you in that way and to experience life as you meant it to be. And, Lord, if there's anyone who is hearing this call today, this good news, this call of the gospel to come to Jesus. We pray that whoever hears this call would not harden their hearts, but instead respond with the the strength that you give them to respond to this good news and to receive Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Oh Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.